godly dating for a good amount of time sets up holy matrimony for a lifetime. I could also say godly courting for a very long time even gives you a better chance of setting up holy, extra holy matrimony for a lifetime. And then for those of you that really like to take it slow and not make anything official and let's just be friends, we'll let you uh, have your fun and play your games. But for the rest of us that are serious about life and serious about dating in the will of God, getting engaged in the will of God and getting married in the will of God, uh, it'll happen when you make it happen. I know some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, Gleason, this is a God Bible in Church podcast. Why in the world are you talking about dating? Seriously, why are you talking about this? We want to hear about you know, things you've been talking about all year, you know, like the how to get five talents from the Lord and get a, a, a hundredfold blessing from the Lord and all that stuff about Samson and spiritual warfare and things like that. You want to know a secret? I'm going to tell you a secret. I've been a youth pastor, associate pastor, now a pastor elect. You want to know what 99% of the problems that people face in this life? What their major troubles are commonly throughout people? It's family troubles. I, very rarely is it something with work. And usually we pray and God fixes it at work or gives them a new job, something like that. Family is, uh, it, it can be so complicated and so dicey for people. And I think, my theory is, dating is the foundation of a, of a good marriage. And if you have a good marriage, you're going to have good parenting. If you have good parenting, you're going to have good grand parenting. And think about this. Drama in your church, where is it coming from? Dysfunctional families. It is. <laughs> Whoever is causing drama in your church, their family's dysfunctional. They may act like it's good. You know what I'm talking about, those people that have those big extra smiles with their hands up in the air for their family photos, acting like everything was good at Thanksgiving. Uh, no, it's not. Unhappy, miserable. Yeah, I've learned something through the, through the years. Those people that are constantly blowing up social media about their spouse, I'm, I'm serious, they'll write like a 500-word essay about how wonderful their spouse is and this and that and a con this and the other. It's not a sign of a good marriage. It's a sign they had a big fight the night before and old, old boy is trying to get out of the doghouse. That, I could tell you, believe me, uh, we, we've been kind of hitting towards prophetic ministry the last few years. There, there you go. You want some of uh, Gleason's prophetic insight? There it is. People that are blowing up social media about how wonderful their spouse is all the time. It is not to encourage. It's not to build them up. It's a sign there's been fighting going on. So, you know, it's those marriages day in and day out. You see them consistently together. You see nothing but peace there. Those are the marriages you want to strive for and be. Okay. So uh, that that's lesson number one in this uh, healthy relationship episode. So, a lot of single people got uh, marriage on their mind. I know it because uh, listeners have been writing to me, requesting information about healthy relationships. And to this episode is your lucky episode <laughs> because I have a theory that Christmas time is the most romantic time of the year. 
It's not Valentine's Day. All, all those stuff can happen on Valentine's Day. My opinion, Valentine's Day is a good opportunity to break up a unhealthy relationship. Because if you break up right around Valentine's Day, the day before, two days before, or on the day of Valentine's Day, the chances of you getting back together are slim to none. It will be a horrible breakup because every every girl, you know, wants a teddy bear and flowers on Valentine's Day. And then the man that she thought would give her the teddy bear and the chocolates and whatever on Valentine's Day, take her to the banquet, says, no, uh, you're dumped. She, it's, it's just not working out. So then you can move on to a healthy relationship. I brought these things to you in 2021, and it happened. I have in my records four major breakups. Of people people wrote in and sent me their stories, two of which were engagements. Called off unhealthy relationships, dating out of the will of God, engaged out of the will of God. Engagements broken up the week of Valentine's Day. And the listeners that wrote in, they said, I've, I've never been happier. And some of them have already pursued and, and doing very well in their apostolic dating life. So, you know, these things, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to share with you my insight and my wisdom, and it's helped a lot, a lot of people. And I just through my own experience in dating, getting engaged and being married now, and things I've discovered in the Bible and counseling couples and just hearing people talk and observing, I really feel like I've got some de- in-depth and insight on these things. You are listening to Justin C. Gleason. Please consider following and keeping this podcast playing in the background of your productive day. Give a five-star rating and support by giving through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. It's 2022, the year we prevail. One of the big motivating factors in 2020, a lot there was a lot of weddings. Even though there had to be COVID weddings, you notice there was a lot of weddings, a lot of engagements in 2020. And a part of that, I think, had to do with people felt like, oh God, it's COVID-19, it's the end of the world, I gotta get married. There are... You know, you would think that crisis in life would make you make most people say, uh, no time to get married. No, it's actually quite the opposite. Crisis in this world makes people want to get married. You know, you think about in times of war, you know, when you think about World War Two, yeah, you, you think about uh, the, the Nazis and Imperial Japan and all of that stuff. But I also think about all those beautiful uh, weddings that you see, those soldiers, those uh, sailors dressed in full uniform getting married you see a lot of that people everywhere then throwing the rice and celebrating it's just something people want to get married during times of crisis and that has been happening this year right around uh, february march i just observed and noticed just in people that i know listen to this show what i see on social media a lot of people started getting serious about dating they found the one and it's working out well, probably because we all heard we were on the verge of nuclear war. It's the end of the world. It's a great time to uh, fall in love, right? <laughs> so don't be weary and well-doing single person. You know you're not called to be single. You know you want to get married. Don't be weary in doing well. Keep your life pure. Keep your body pure. Yes, keep your virginity. No matter how long it takes. You know you want to get married. You know God has somebody for you. Don't be weary. Uh, take it day by day in faith, okay? And uh, But don't don't rush it. Don't make it carnal. 
Uh, let, let God open those doors. You do what you need to do and let God do the rest, okay? Simply put, uh, be available. If you're single and you want to get married, don't act like you're married. That's a problem. You know, human beings are spiritual, even those who aren't filled with the spirit. You have a human spirit. You have a soul. You can put off a vibe. And that's a problem. If you really want to get married, you've got to act single. You've got to act available. And I don't know how other, uh, else to say this, but uh, take care of yourself and uh, have it constantly in your heart and flirt a little bit, right? That's all you got to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's natural. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I, I got to move on. I, I, can't, I can't go anymore on that, but... But you can do it wrong. It can be done wrong. So it's just, you know, it goes back to the principle of Jesus. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And so I would say what profits a man if he gains the girlfriend but loses his own soul? You want to date in the will of God? You need to date apostolic. Read it in 1 Corinthians 7. We are forbidden to marry somebody outside of the faith. Don't do it. Yes, is marriage honorable among all? Yes, it is. And we're not to forbid marriage. You know, it's an institution. And every church has that one youth group girl that was kind of in church, out of church, and married some man that was completely out of church. Now she's kind of in church, bringing the kids. He's never come to church. You know, I am uh, I'm going to honor that marriage. I'm not going to try to bust it up. I'm not going to uh, call it illegit. You know, you have it, but you want to do it God's will and God's way. Marry in the apostolic church. The more you agree, the better on, right? Can two people walk together unless they be agreed? No, they can't. They can't walk together. If you can't walk together, you can't live together. That's why I'm a big proponent on that first date. Go on a long walk. If you and her can make it on a walk, whew, good chance that that marriage will last. I took Sister G on a walk after our first date. We went to this... A really nice steakhouse. Uh, th this is an un unpaid promotion, but Capital Grill. It's a great place, guys. You know, typically they have them in most major cities. You're going to get a, a phenomenal meal, a great, um, a great experience. It's not a super cool hipster looking place. It's not modern. It actually kind of takes you back to the the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And it's it's going to be quiet. It'll feel private. The servers aren't going to bother you. They won't make it feel awkward. They'll, they'll put the rose petals out on the tables and the chocolates and this and that if you want, if you think she's into that. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. That may be sending a, a wrong message too much too soon, right? But the meal is going to be phenomenal. They'll take great care of you, and uh, it just—it's—it's it's a great place, it, it, just a great place to eat. You know, when I took Sister G there, I, th I thought she wouldn't eat. I thought she would order like a piece of romaine lettuce, and that was it. But uh, no, old girl was ready to chow down. <laughs> we had a great time enjoying great steaks, right? And then what did we do? We went on a long walk, long walk in downtown Minneapolis, and that long walk uh, was a—it was a great walk. <laughs> And everything we talked about, we agreed on. It was awesome. And uh, then we went down to this waterfall area. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't recommend this. You shouldn't kiss on a first date. But we'd been talking for three months. It was long distance. And who knew, who knew when we'd see each other next? So I kissed her on top of her forehead, pulled away. She smiled. Eyes sparkled. I gave her another kiss just below that kiss on the forehead. Pretty soon I was right between the eyes, then down the nose. And then on the lips. Okay, we fell in love. All right. So 
nice dinner, long walk, and there you have it. That, that, that's a godly, healthy relationship. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, Isaac kissed Rebecca right when he first saw her, and he started screaming and crying, and they, and they got married, so. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't scream and cry right there after I first uh, uh, kissed Donna, but on my way, as soon as I got in the car and left her and started driving home, I started sobbing. I was in love. I knew this was it, and all those, uh, I guess, uh, negative emotions and frustrations in uh, trying to find the one, because, you know, it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle. It's work. It's hard. It's and you get your heart broke sometimes during the process. All of that left like grief and shame and pain and a frustration with, uh, you know, past situations in the in the dating scene. They, they vanished right there in that in the in August of 2008. So, yeah, I know how Isaac uh, and Rebecca felt when he screamed, raised up his voice after he kissed her. So so that's what we want with you uh, for you. That's what we want for every guy, every girl listening to this that's single. And, and for those of you that are married, you know what? Sometimes you got to go back to that to, to feel like you're dating again, trying to fall in love again. It's That's what happens. So it's happening with people. It can happen for you. And I, I just think a lot of people feel stuck. They don't know what to do. I, and I don't know what's causing it. It used to be, I don't know, youth would get together, section rallies, roller skating, bowling, fellowships after church and i mean just relationships would happen and people would just get married it was like natural it was just what you did it's and i don't know what complicated it and that's why i'm i'm doing these episodes because a family is spiritual god created it and having godly dating will set up your holy matrimony for a lifetime so let me uh, share a story it's it's hard to create principles you can create principles it's a good place to start but I find that people's personal stories is probably the best way, really the best way for somebody to feel like I can do this, to see how somebody else did it. You know, the story, right? Everybody has to have a story. And this past Passing the Mantle conference at our church, our executive pastor, Pastor Nathan Santomiri, he comes up to me. You know, I mean, people are, Edwards, I mean, that was, the conference was phenomenal. I mean, there was some powerful prophetic impartation that happened there. And he comes up to me at the end, and I'm, I'm thinking, Pastor Nathan's going to tell me all about you know people getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized and this and that. And a lot of people did, a lot of deliverance and healings and miracles and called to preach and missionaries and stuff. And he comes to me and he said, he said, uh, Jay, you're not going to believe this. Some Urshan guy, we had Urshan College come over. Their corral, man, were they phenomenal. Kevin Howard's got that place rocking, let me tell you. I mean, they were great. And um, he comes up to me and, and, he, and he says, Jay, this Urshan guy come up to me and was talking to me. And he was telling me he uh, is really into this girl and he wants to make it official. <laughs> official. I've never understood that word. But, you know, you, the, the girl wants a tag. And sometimes the guy wants to have a uh and i an identification on what this is right <laughs> i can't help but laugh but he goes i want to make it official and uh you know <laughs> and I, I think we were having dinner we were at the dinner thing after church and uh <laughs> so nathan puts down his dr pepper and he's like well uh, let me give you some advice this is what you should do this and that and this and that and the idea, I think, was that 
this guy would do it when they got back to her. And maybe like later this week. Oh, no. He walks away, goes over and sits by her. <laughs> takes Nathan's advice. <laughs> and I guess Nathan's watching this and the girl just like her eyes got big. Her jaw dropped. And next thing you know, she's smiling. They're crying and they give each other a side hug. And I guess they made it official right there at the end of passing the mail. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, there's hope in the apostolic movement for healthy relationships. So I hope that relationship is going really good. Uh, I'm not going to say any names. Maybe I'll say some initials. Is that okay? Uh, can, can I get a motion? Okay, we got a motion. NL and AW, we wish you a very, very healthy relationship going into this uh, Christmas season, Okay. All right. So I guess some girls uh, came to passing the mantle hoping for a mantle. And if you wanted one, you certainly got it. Some wanted a mantle, but then some girls wanted a man to hold. (laughs) I'll stop right there. All right. So the Justin C. Gleason podcast is available on Apple podcast, Spotify and more. Please leave a five star rating and a great review. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And share this episode with your friends. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level. I think a girlfriend is a good thing to have. No girlfriend, no fiance. No girlfriend, no fiance. No girlfriend, no wife. No girlfriend, no fiance. No wife. No girlfriend, no life. So girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. Uh, it, it, part of the reason a lot of people aren't going for it is they don't know how to start and they have no momentum. Well, you just got to start. And don't start with the fiance. Don't start with the wife. Why don't you start with uh, a girlfriend? Okay. If you want to be single, God bless you. Uh, we're seeing that a lot of people coming out of the world into the church been married many times uh some people struggle with homosexuality lesbianism whatever they just have sexual immorality in their heart and it's it's just there it's a constant struggle and blessed are they blessed are they that contain it blessed are they that keep their flesh in subjection a lot of people like that, they realize I, I'm just not cut out to be married. It doesn't suit me. You know, they've tried it. They hated it. Their parents, their home life was a disaster and, and being single suits them. You know what? I respect that. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I'm seeing a lot of singles conferences popping up here and there for people. And, you know, the, the joke used to be all these singles conferences. That local pastor was just trying to get single people in his church married. <laughs> And if you're having a singles conference for that purpose, I'm not I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just not going to work. People that want to get married don't come to singles conference. People that are called to be single, want to be single, serve the Lord single, go to heaven single. Those are what those conferences are for. And you know what? They're empowering for single people. It edifies single people. It equips single people. It, it It's just awesome for a, a single person. And some of your best volunteers and staff in your church can be a single person because they have time to do it. And uh, maybe we should write some content for single people out there. You know, a lot of great men and women of God in the Bible, some of the greatest of them, 
Uh, were they married? No, they were, they were single. Great is the reward in heaven. They gave up, sacrificed all of those pleasures uh, that pertain to this world and this life uh, to pursue only spiritual things. So if, that, if that's you, God bless you. And if you're still listening to this, God bless you. I know this content may not speak to you, but perhaps it'll speak to one of your friends someday and you can help them. Wisdom is power. Wisdom is power. And you know, I'm under conviction right now. I've potted, podcasted myself, potted myself into conviction. I need to get more educated on what it means to be called to be single because it is a calling. It suits some people and to help people for that. So I'm going to know about healthy relationships. We need to know about healthy singleness. That's right. The anointing and power of a spinster. Okay. But back on subject here for for godly dating, girlfriend, the fiance, wife, life, all of that. I want to suggest to you a master plan. This is something you should uh, do. If you're, if you're taking notes, list, listen. Professor Justin is in the house. First, it's talk and pursue. And I would add in there research. Do a little research. It's, it's great. You can research nowadays without having to talk to anybody. You can learn something, dare I even say a lot of something, about somebody just through their social media, through a little stalking. I don't, I don't, you know, they say social media stalking. I don't know why it's stalking. It's public. It's not like they're uh, uh, peeping into your life. And if you put it out there on social media, everybody can see it, right? So that's what it is. It's a broadcast for everybody to see and hear. You're exhibiting yourself. So do a little social media research. You can Google him. Uh, girls, Google his name. He might pop up a sex offender. Is that what you want? Okay. <laughs> So uh, talk, pursue, do a little bit of research. Try to find a green light. You need to green light it because that's what happens. And, you know, we didn't have resources like that in the old days. Old days. You just have to assume everything was a, a green light and you had to risk getting your heart broke. Okay, but nowadays you, you can set yourself up without heartbreak by uh, doing a little homework, doing a little research. And I'm assuming you've already made a list of things that you're hoping for and looking for granted you'll have to negotiate everything right but um you, you just know you know when it works so talk pursue research figure it out if you think there is something there you think there's a green light you can't just move on your own green light you've got to have somebody else see the big green light and uh two important people the pastor and the parents or the pastor and the father maybe she doesn't have a father in life maybe go for her mother if there's no father or mother in the picture, uh, go to somebody who is uh, an authority in their life, maybe outside of the pastor. The more you get on the same page with these two important authority heads, the better it is for you. All pastors and parents want is to be in the loop. That's all it is. Now, if, if the girl had just turned 18, you, you might not get it, okay? I don't think most dads are ready for their girls, their daughters to get married and all that at 18. Uh, 22, 23, 24, 25. Typically then, the, uh, people have got some education on their resume, got a good startup career on their resume. You know, you're ready to go. You got some money saved off. You figured out life a little bit. You know, your brain from the time you're 18 to 25 really changes a lot. Uh, at age 25 is when things really start uh, kind of moving good uh, for somebody. So that's just kind of what I've observed now. In some states, you can get married when you're 16. Hey, uh, 
don't let me stop you. <laughs> All right. But uh, 25 is, it's pretty good. And I, I put it there. Now it could be for anybody. You get, get married at, at a 75. God bless you. Hey, <laughs> Oof, man. Oh, uh, 25 is good because typically by then you've got some school, got a career, your mind is sharp and you've got 15 years before you hit 40 in 15 years. You can buy a house and have three kids. You can do it. I got married at 27. I had 13 years and we did the house thing. and got the three kids thing. And so we're, we're ready to go. And so that's why I pick that. It's, it's a really good age. So uh, just think about that. And I'm putting all that out there because you may not get the green light because of bad timing, bad timing. But typically uh, you do it right. You keep people in the loop. Uh, you can do the, the the married at 17 and 18 or 18 and 19 thing rather. After that, you need to date. You need to court. OK, you need to or just hang out. I, I don't know. <laughs> Most people that hang out don't get married. I think dating or courting is a good is a good thing to do. We're dating, we're courting. And then we made it official, okay? So after you've been dating a little bit, you need to start start talking about feelings and important personal things, okay? Start talking about feelings and important personal things, you know, that all that. Then after that, you need to date more. Date more, more, more. Dating is so powerful. Do it for a while. I think it's good. Why why skip dating? These people that run to the courthouse and elope uh, why put that in the foundation of your lives together? Date. Fall in love with no responsibility. That's what dating's for. In love with no responsibility. It's good. You want to take those feelings and experiences into your into your marriage because let me tell you, you can date and there'd be no crazy. After you get married, that's when all the crazy starts. <laughs> okay. So, but after you date a lot, I, I, I recommend at least six months because you can really, uh, stuff will come out at three months. That's a big stepping stone. How about that? A good, healthy relationship stepping stone. Three months and then six months, it's there. Six months, you will really know. You will really know. If you don't know in six months, uh, you guys haven't been doing this step before, talking about feelings and important personal things. You got to put it out there. So after you dated more after that, get engaged, have a wedding, and then enjoy each other. Okay? That's the master plan. Talk, pursue, research. Get your own green light. Get the green light from the pastors and parents. Date. Date, 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 date. Talk about feelings and important personal things. Date more, get engaged, get married, and uh, or have a wedding and get married and enjoy married life. It's it's a simple process, but very difficult. It's it's work. It's hard. It's you put a lot into it, but oh, is it so worth it? So don't be afraid to get married. Uh, I, I think you should have some natural nerves about it. That that's good. And if you're nervous, that means you want it to go well. So that's a good thing. But uh, if you're really afraid about it, let me let me offer you some help because some people got a real a lot of anxiety about it, just because of maybe your the way your parents did it. Maybe I don't know something happened. Maybe you, I don't know. You read a lot of weird romance books as a teenager, and you're like, oh god, I don't want any of that. I don't know. <laughs> you watch too much Twilight. I don't know. Goodness, but uh, you want to get uh, get mar- married and get the fear out of your heart. Uh, fear will vanish naturally the more and more you feel prepared. I know you can pray and and uh, you know supplicate before the Lord. You want to do that, but a lot of those fears will vanish the more and more you feel prepared. And you'll never feel ready. You'll never be completely ready. But at least you can have some necessities put in place. Okay. 
So in the days of Jesus Christ, you know, the Lord talked a lot about weddings, especially when it pertained to his second coming. He views himself to be like a husband, you know, a bridegroom coming for his bride right in the middle of the night. Back then, and and civilizations practiced this for a while, usually marriages were arranged when the when uh, the the son and the daughter were very very little parents would get together and make it a done deal and uh, i know some of you just like your your <laughs> your jaw just hit your collarbone you just jerked your neck like like oh god and that's so foreign to us here in uh, the united states i mean our parents uh, think about that think for those of you <laughs> that grew up in church think about when you were four year three or four or five years old who would your parents have set you up with there in the children's ministry? <laughs> oh, now maybe some of you guys are like, oh, I wished it would have happened, you know, because you both grew up and she's absolutely beautiful now and you wished your parents would have arranged it. But well, here we are in 2022. Uh, parents aren't arranging anything. The pressure is all on you. It's all on you. But back in the days of Christ, parents would arrange a marriage and that little boy up into his teen years would know and he would watch you know his future bride grow up not much conversation with her maybe he would smile and wave at her while they drew, she drew water from the well and you know he was milking the cows or something like that hey <laughs> water at the well milking at the cows hey that's whew. so but then they'd have the wedding day you know so he's known who he's going to marry his whole life he's not really he prepares himself and she prepares herself. But part of the re- thing that the guy did with his dad was they prepared a house. They built a house. They're on the father's land and the father's property. Had a garden ready to go. Had livestock ready to go. And you're prepared to be married. So that took a lot of the nerves out of it. So I think you do those things. You will. You should be doing those things naturally, even without wanting to get married. You should become employable, guys. Girls, you should become employable. Uh, learning to make money is becoming a lost art, just like conversation. It's becoming a lost art. That's why I, I love podcasting. You know, God bless all these TikTok and Instagram apostolic influencers. You know, they get up there and say or do something in six to seven seconds, but th- there's no conversation there. <laughs> is that what Jesus did? You know, it, it, would he have done reels? No, he wouldn't have. He would have done podcast. He liked to talk conversation, teaching, monologues, dialogues. All of those things. So anyway, that's why conversation is so powerful. And maybe that's what's going wrong with dating relationships. Guys think they can uh, have a real conversation. 60 seconds and done. On to the next. It's like girlfriend and boyfriends are becoming disposable. There's so many options. You know, follow this, unfollow this. Here, there, everywhere. They're taking no time to unplug from the toxic world we live in and to have a meaningful conversation to pursue a healthy relationship. Maybe we should get back to that. God have mercy. So anyway, um, be prepared. Save up some money. You know it's coming. I mean, guys, you know, honoring whatever tradition you come from in your church, but chances are you're probably going to want to buy a ring. If you're middle class, I think nowadays about $7,000 is going to get you a very nice ring, something you will be very proud to give her, something she will be very proud to wear. Okay, something very deep and something very meaningful. But nowadays, people are doing the nice ring, and then you know what they do? They buy, they get on Amazon and buy like a, a bulk pack of like 10 rings that look metallic, but they're as rubber as can be, and they wear those. <laughs> I don't know, whatever suits her. So anyway, uh, then some people do the watch. Some people do nothing at all. That's fine. But any, it, whatever your tradition is, 
you're going to have to pay some money. Okay, you got a wedding coming up. You got a honeymoon coming up. All of those things, right? You got life to live by cars, rent, all of those things. So uh, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Uh, you know, you want to feel as, as much of you and her against the world as you can on your own. So prepare yourself, okay? Yeah, do those things and uh, fear will vanish. Something else that could be really blocking you is you got sin in your life. You're, you're having trouble dating according. You got sin in your life. You can't have the will and way of God with sin in your life. And I'm talking about fornication, talking about lust. You want a match made in heaven, get rid of the sin in your life. You have sin in your life. You have fornication. You have porn in your life. It ain't going to be no match made in heaven. It's going to be a match made in hell. <laughs> Did I say that? I said it. Okay, so I'm, I, I was having a lunch with a pastor friend of mine. Not too long ago, and he goes, Gleason, I got to tell you, we got a situation. Let me tell you about it. He said, we had this new guy come into our church, and he came out of uh, uh, some kind of denominational church. He comes in, he's good looking, he's nice, but within three months, he'd already fornicated with several girls in our church, (laughs) you know, just seduced him. Okay, okay, okay. You know, uh, I, I don't say okay, okay to play it off. You know, stuff like that'll send you to hell. Okay, fornicators don't go to heaven, all right? They go to hell. Read your Bible. It's there. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you how God will judge you, how the word will judge. So this pastor confronted the situation about this guy, and the dude totally denies it, backs up. But, you know, you got girls confessing their sins to their pastors and and, and wanting to have nothing to do with this man. So this guy backs up, lies, and then he starts running his mouth about how horrible the pastor is and how horrible the church is, whatever. Well, there's this girl that's on his platform team. She's a praise singer. She starts liking this guy even after, you know, all of this accurate, confirmed uh, news comes out about him that uh, the guy's a total philanderer, <laughs> a church philanderer. <laughs> but she likes him. And the pastor starts picking up on this and confronts her about it. And she denies there's anything going on. Well, they, they'd been fornicating. You know, you don't want that on your platform, okay? Do you want to be in a church and look up on the platform and know that the praise singer's up there fornicating? No, I don't care how good you can sing. You cannot exhibit hypocrisy in your church. Forget it. So, uh, a man of God I I once heard (laughs) recently said, the church is the body of Christ. It's a body. And every once in a while, a body needs a good bowel movement, all right? (laughs) So, maybe your platform needs a good flush, all right? Get that BM uh, down the toilet. And so, yeah, he had to flush her. He had to flush her. And come to find out, she quit paying tithes once that guy started coming to that church. You know, she started, she started, she started, excuse me, fornicating with him and uh, just quit tithing, quit this and that, started hating the church and she's gone. So I, you can't be doing that. Don't do that. You're doing that, no healthy relationship for you. No dating in the will of God for you. No dating in the way of God for you. You got a match made in hell. Okay? Some of you, you come into the apostolic church and you've been shacking up with somebody. You know, there's not a lot of marriage today. You see a lot of uh, serial monogamy. People jumping from plain house to plain house to plain house to plain house. That's just common in our culture. When you come into the church, you get saved. And it's like, what do I do? 
What do I do? I'll tell you what I've advised some people. You know, they've been living together for four or five years. Maybe they got a kid or two together. They, they, they're playing house. They're acting like they're married. But your union is not sanctified. It's just not. So you're going to have to stop fornicating if you want to be saved. Don't you want to be saved? You're coming to church to be saved, right? Here's what I'm going to suggest to you. A lot of people that get into those situations, it would be financial devastation to move out. Some of them, they can move out. If you can move out, you know, let every man have his gifts. Some, some have received one, some have two, some have five in life. Talking about the talents that we spoke about earlier this year. If you can move out, you know, date and then get married, but most of them it would be financial devastation. So this is what I, uh, I would suggest to you. You've been living together three or four years. Come on. You can do the married thing. You can be uh, holy in the eyes of God, okay? So uh, what you need to do is move to opposite sides of the house. If your house isn't big enough for that, uh, she gets the master bedroom, he gets the couch, okay? And you make an agreement with each other, uh, no more sin. But this is a um, a temporary situation that we're going to have to force ourselves into and make a wedding. You can plan to put together a really nice wedding in, in 90 days, even less than that if you really get after it. But 90 days is typical for people that both have jobs and kids and stuff. You can do something in 90 days. Let me tell you, it'll be the fastest 90 days of your life. Do not come together for 90 days after that wedding night. Come together, consummate that marriage, and it will be a beautiful thing, holy and sanctified in the Lord. It's like a, like a, a refresh, a restart uh, for your lives, okay? All right? That's how you do it. I think that's a good way to start a healthy relationship. If both of you are not willing to do that, you might start thinking about breaking up and moving out. Okay, maybe you both figure out we're not equally yoked in this spiritual thing. We're not equally yoked. So what do you do? Break up, okay? All right, so uh, yeah, and then if you're on porn, uh, maybe you don't have a woman living with you, but you got a lot of porn with you. <laughs> uh, it's time to break up with the porn. Get the porn out of your mind. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your house. Get it off your phone. That's right. You do these things, you will set yourself up for a healthy relationship, okay? That I can tell you, believe me, you want God to do something special for you, do something for God and repent. Get the sin out of your life and pursue it respectfully. Re pursue it with fear and trembling. Do it God's way and you will have a God thing. That I can tell you, believe me. Believe me, believe me. Okay, I want to leave you with this. Um some tips on how to pursue, how to pursue. This is kind of coming back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, let's say you're, you're a guy, you're a girl, and you really want to meet somebody, you know, that's all you want to do. That's, that's, you're not like, Oh God, I want to marry him or whatever. I'm attracted to his worship. Oh my goodness. You know, she's beautiful. She's just, I was attracted to her holiness, you know, whatever. Come on. You think they're gorgeous. You think they're handsome and you just, you're, you just want to meet them. Is it better to introduce yourself or to be introduced? It happens both ways, but you want my advice. It's better to introduce yourself. You know, don't put anybody else in the picture. You know, after all, you know, it's going to be you and her. Okay. It's better to be introduced or to introduce yourself. God, I would say go up and introduce yourself. Just walk up to her, smile really big and say, Bond, James Bond. <laughs> No, that may have worked in 2002. That probably don't work nowadays. <laughs> Although I did when I was at Bible college, I had a crush on this girl. We actually dated for a while, whatever. 
I went up to her. I was a freshman at Bible college. She was a couple years older than me. And uh, by the way, guys, if if you can get a, a girl that's a little bit older than you to like you, you are totally a stud. Okay. Now, Sister G is younger than me. It suited me better. <laughs> but those girls that that are like five, six year old, years older than a guy, I'm telling you, the, those guys, they've got it. I mean, they've got <laughs> that's something else. Anyway, I walk up to her. I sit down at the table and she looks at me and like there's a bunch of people at the table. It was one of those things there. There was another Bible college that had a meltdown and a bunch of other students came up to Gateway. And so I walked over. Nobody was talking to each other. It was like completely segregated. So I just walked over to her. I sat down and she just looks at me. She was chewing food and she looks at me and I said, allow myself to introduce myself. (laughs) It was the Austin Powers line. (laughs) And she looked at me and almost spit her food out. She was laughing so hard, like tears were coming out of her eyes. And so I made her laugh, and uh, yeah, we dated. So uh, I think you should introduce yourself, and maybe something funny or awkward like that may just be just the thing that touches her heart. I don't know. Or perhaps you can make it very formal. Uh, put one hand in, in front of your stomach, the other hand behind your back, and take a bow and introduce yourself as Darcy. Okay, I don't know. Introduce yourself. Okay, girls are looking for three major things right here right now yes godly yes holy yes you know all this and that but you want three things that you can pick up pretty quickly i'm going to give them to you humor energy and leadership girls want to see those things if you've got humor energy and leadership you can practically date any girl in the room any girl in the church you got humor, energy, and leadership, especially that energy. I, th- I think girls are, are looking for that right now. A guy that's just got energy for life, okay? Another thing, guys, you need to do, you need to make her feel smart. Make her feel very, very smart. The minute she feels dumb, it's over. It's over. So you know what? Don't correct her. She says something that's off or inaccurate, whatever. You shut up. You just shake her head and say, that's right, absolutely. Don't make her feel dumb. It's over. Make her feel smart. Now, don't lie to her, but come on. Do you really need to correct? Do you really need to argue? Do that and it's over, okay? You don't have to always be right. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're about to be the only person in the room, okay? All right, so yeah, make her feel smart. Make her feel important. Great, great. You think she's pretty. Wow. You, you really think that's just going to flatter her, okay? She probably already knows it. But yeah, she needs to hear that. But you you want to touch her heart, make her feel smart, make her feel important, okay? Go after the intellect, all right? That's that's holy and safe too, by the way, and you need to have that in your marriage, okay? Some of you, another thing uh, to pursue stage, you need to get that, um, how do I want to say it? You need to put a seatbelt on that uh, friend or that parent that's kind of uh, messing up your dating life, uh, maybe you have a mom or a grandma that's just totally into it and got her her nose in all of the business, <laughs> and it's ruining it for you, and it's ruining it for the person you're trying to pursue. You might want to have a sit down and say, I need space. I need space, and establish some sort of boundary lovingly and respectfully, and just and point them in the direction, this is how you can really help me. Or maybe you got a friend that's doing that. Gr- girls, I'm telling you, some a lot of girls, they have that one friend that doesn't want their friend to get married. They have this... Uh, unhealthy emotional attachment to their friend and it's it's just a bad thing okay you might want to set some boundaries i know it'll be upsetting but hopefully they'll understand so uh try stop trying to have somebody set you up uh quit it it doesn't work 
your parents don't need to set you up with anybody. There's nothing wrong with maybe suggesting, you know, you can go up to, you know, a girl goes up to a guy and say, you know, I, you know, and say, I have this friend and I think you should talk to her. That's all you got to say. Don't tell her, oh, hey, my friend. Oh, my goodness. She is just in like love with you. That guy is probably going to run the other way. All you can say is, hey, I think you should talk to him. It might work out. Just just put a little bug, a little, just a little seed there, okay? Getting set up is awkward enough. It's weird, okay? How, and how many of you out there listening to this, you were set up and it worked? I think it's very rare. You know, people don't, it's just like a violation of the human will. You know, who wants to be forced into anything, right? So people typically don't fall in love when they feel awkward, pressured, or pushed. They fall in love when they feel love. Okay, so let uh, him and her have their way. Let God have his way. And, uh, you know, the decision is all up to you now. There's no arranged marriages anymore. It's setting up doesn't work anymore. It's all about you. And I hate it because it's all about you, your choice, your decisions. And who wants to have to make any more choices or decisions? We have too much of that already. But this is a powerful choice that is yours and it's been put into your hand. And if you do the right thing, there's nothing like it. You do the wrong thing. Oh, ain't nothing like that either. All right. <clears throat> Signs that they are interested in you. You know, you you got the you did the pursue stage. You did the talking stage. You want to know, you know, does this person I like like me back? I'm going to give you one great sign. You know, we began this podcast talking about signs and stuff. Okay, I'm going to go back to the signs. Signs that they are interested in. If all they want to talk about is the past and the future, your past and your future, they're in love with you. <laughs> when they start talking about uh, what you know, this and that, what you've done, and what would you like to see happen in the future? They're 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 into you. I'm telling you, they are. Especially if she asks you, uh, "So who have you dated, and why didn't it work out?" Do <laughs> she's ready for it to become official? Let me tell you, you start having those talks. It's there, so. That's right, and that's how you begin a healthy relationship. I'm not a dating therapist. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Thank you very much. I hope this content helps you with your healthy relationship this most romantic time of the year, Christmas and New Year's time. (laughs) 